0: Welcome back i am so excited to introduce you to one of my very dear friends at this point i've been in touch with uh her for a long time and gotten her guidance and just you know just things you do when you really you know just become friends with somebody and i i'm just so excited and honored to host her she has so much experience in the beauty industry and um currently you know she works with aloe and she's oversees the whole uh wholesale aspect of the brand globally and she's just an amazing person and has like a wealth of knowledge. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Gina Lucania. Welcome to the show, Gina.
1: Hi, thank you so much for that kind, kind introduction. I know I feel with everything that's gone in the world, you and I have been chatting for almost a year now and it's crazy that people can become close virtually. So I think we've had to adapt to whatever we need to do to survive at this point. So I'm so glad to be here. And I'm so glad that we are talking
0: finally. I know. I'm so excited for this interview because I know you've done such amazing work in your career and you've always been like like, for me, it's, like, I f- try to find women that I can, like, go to for, like, true knowledge, you know what I mean? Like, that's what we have to do as women, I feel like, you know, and and the ne- yeah. that's where that network matters in the truest sense is, like, genuine advice. And so, like, I just want to start everything off. I want you to, like, take it back, like, bring it all the way back to college and, like, what got you into this industry and like, or led to the beauty side of things, you know, just everything. Yeah.
1: Gosh, well, I'm going to take it back even further than that. So (laughs) my my mom was an Avon lady. So when I was younger, when Avon used to do the samples and it was truly entrepreneurship going door to door, um, I would go with her on all of her calls and I would go in the basement at night when I wasn't supposed to be awake listening to bad music that we weren't allowed to be listening to and going through all of her beauty samples. And I would Slyly steal some of her lipsticks and try them on and put some lotions and perfumes on and really just get that experience. So I'd have to say, my true intro to beauty really started in childhood. Um, And my true entrepreneurship, I can really, really base that on my mom and what she taught me. And my dad's a businessman, but you know, my mom. You know, came from a family of immigrants and she was the first one in her family to go to college and to really be a powerful woman in the space of advertising in New York City back in the 70s and 80s, which was such a taboo thing back then. So I really credit her for Yeah, Yeah, right. You know, it's crazy because I think we're also still in a time where women executives and you couldn't have said it better. As women, we really need to stick together as a network because we're still in a time where we look at the beauty industry. And I'm so happy to see women of color and you know non-binary and and trans women taking and leading the ranks. But we still have a long way to go. You know, there's still a lot of that taboo in the workplace where women are just, not seen as equal to men with the equal pay so i'm so glad that we're taking it by storm and we're forming this network and you're doing such an amazing job by bringing that awareness to the forefront so i love that and i love being a part of that so from Mm -hmm. me stealing mini lipstick samples that my mom hopefully doesn't listen to this and get
0: angry about. I I know
1: Here, but she she can accredit to where I am today like my daughter turned
0: out just fine I'm I'm okay with it you know (laughs) I'll I'll give you a thing with moms uh, like they're scared I feel like moms are scared like about like beauty and makeup like I don't know if any of you out there can relate but my mom was like I feel like every other mom where it was like don't wear makeup too early and stuff. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And yeah. I'm just like, I think they equated that to us turning out to be nothing. And I look oh, back no. and I'm like, you know, they probably feel good knowing that, you know, like, my daughter not yes. something in herself. You
1: know? <laughs> oh, I mean, I was that girl that was sneaking Revlon powder blue eyeshadow to the bathroom yeah. in high school because she would not allow it. And I said to my, my girlfriends a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, why did no one tell me how bad it looked? i didn't know what
0: you want to inform me <laughs> you were just so like excited to put it on like i i i hear you trust me i used to take my whole like you know you go out with girls i would take my bag of makeup and like my clothes hidden and like an overnight bag you know that this story can go on for days trust oh, yeah. me I, I hear you <laughs>
1: but yeah we all Continue. out there have a story a story very similar to that yeah. So, you know, going through high school, I had a girlfriend and her sister managed a really beautiful salon in one of the suburbs of Chicago where I grew up. And it was a two story salon. And I'm like, I don't want to be answering the phones. I want to be in the makeup department. I want to be a makeup artist. And they're like, girl, you're 16. Take a seat. You'll get your time when your time is due. And I just really never let up on that. You know, I did what I had to do. I answered the phone. I was at reception. And I was like, I just really need to be integrated into the world of beauty. So my chance never came there, but I remember getting my worker's permit and I went over to Marshall Fields in the same mall for all you Midwesterners out there. You will fondly remember what Marshall Fields is. They currently are going by the name of Macy's. They were bought by Macy's several years ago, but it was a a mid-level department store. And I just handed my resume over as, as a 16 year old in high school to the cosmetics department manager. And I'm like, I We'll do whatever you need me to do. I want to work in the industry. Put me wherever you need. If I have to wear a Clinique lab coat, all good. I'll wear it with pride. So she interviewed me and I actually ended up my first Real job in cosmetics was with prescriptives, which unfortunately oh, wow. is a brand. Yeah, which is a brand that is unfortunately no longer in department. I was going to say,
0: like you're taking it back. Like I, yeah, we are, like yeah. way back. Like,
1: we are going back, back, back. And I don't even think I'm that old.
0: um Oh no, no you're not, because I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> and yeah I, no, yeah, I truthfully don't think I could have asked for a better brand to get my start in. From the management to just learning true color theory. You know, I think the the industry has evolved so much since then. Um, We didn't have social media back then. There wasn't such a thing as an influencer. We had supermodels, we had fashion week, and we had print and editorial. So I learned along with my other colleagues how to actually mix makeup. So I would mix a shade of foundation. I would mix powder So you really felt like that true artist, whereas today and not to knock the industry, because I think every time we reinvent itself, good things come from that. But that's true color theory and true analyzing skin and undertones really came into play because you only got one shot. You know, if you had someone standing in front of you and they're like, hey, I need my powder mixed. You couldn't do it in a wrong shade. You really had to get on the ball. So I'm really thankful and and humbled that that was my first brand that I ever got to work for. And then through college, um, I worked at Nordstrom. And my second goal while working at Nordstrom was, I think, a lot of girls' goals was to be a Mac girl. And I'm like, whatever it takes for me to be a Mac girl, I'm going to be a Mac girl. They started me out at Shiseido. They
0: were were like superstars, weren't they? It was like you go into a Mac. Oh yeah. my gosh, like all of us wanted to like just learn from, I remember like just, and, and the total tangent, but like every time going into a Mac store or anything associated with Mac in general, it was like, teach me everything, please. Like, I need your help, like.
1: Oh my gosh. I don't think I'll ever forget my first three eyeshadows that I ever bought from the Mac store in Woodfield Mall in Chamburg, Illinois. But I just saw it. I mean, Mac was right in front of me and you know, you're talking early 2000s at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This
1: was before the Lauder acquisition. This is when Mac, not that it isn't seen as a makeup behemoth today, but this was like, you
0: wanted to be a Mac girl. Like
1: if you were a Mac girl, you had
0: made it. So it was a very coveted, it was coveted because it was, oh, it was like a, like you, if you were in Mac, it was automatically like labeled as like, you really were an artist and you knew what yes. you were doing. And so it was yeah. like, re- yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. So i talked to my department manager and she was like, there are no spots. You can talk to the account executive when they come in, but they don't have anything. So it was really like waiting until someone left. And as soon as that 24 hour position opened, Oh girl, you know, I was on that, like no one's business. Mm-hmm. So I got the title of Mac girl and I learned so much from my time there. Oh my gosh. Built like, memories it built friendships and relationships with those women that truly stand the test of time. I'm still friends with them now, 15 plus years later. Um, and that gave me the experience to move on to Saks Fifth Avenue at the ripe age, gosh, I think I was 20 or 21 um, to launch Blue Lagoon, which was a skincare company from Iceland, which ironically I just saw has made its rounds again.
0: So fashion and (laughs) (laughs) beauty. bringing up all the OGs, dude. Like oh, I, yeah. <laughs> first of all, I always wanted to work at Saks. So huge kudos. Like I don't, it was like a whole different vibe in Saks. Like it was like the it best was. of the best of the best of the best, you know, like it was great. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. So it. It
1: was, you know, and I think something that I, I continued to see throughout my career, especially when I was younger is my sweet spot was taking something that people didn't know about or that was a little bit more challenging and really embracing that and making it known. Um, and that has really stood the test of time for me to really where I am today. I purposely have not wanted to go to the larger brands, a lot of brand with Revlon, L'Oreal. I wanted to stay more in the mid to smaller sector just because... I embrace the challenge and with that comes a lot of challenges if you're at a smaller company and the challenges are, they're so great and they're so rewarding. So after SACS, you know, I decided to get out of the beauty industry. So, you know, a little side note about me. I'm also an athlete. I race triathlon and I got a really amazing opportunity in Denver to work with a great cycling company that was based out of Boulder. And I wanted to take a bit of a break. Everyone I've talked to in the beauty industry who has been in it for so long is like, you always come back to it, but you've got to get out for a second to really reignite yourself, re-energize and just appreciate it for what it is. Because at that point I was in beauty for almost 10 years. Even though I started at 15, 16, I, I made the decision to leave my, my, quarter-century birthday at 25 to just up and move from Chicago to Denver. So being in the industry for 10 years, I'm like, it's time. It's time to take a little bit of a detour. Had an amazing time in Colorado. Learned so much from this company. But also, again, it draws you back in. So as I'm working my 40-plus-hour-a-week job, I'm like, I miss beauty. I miss being in department stores. I'm going to freelance. So I started. So
0: you, didn't creating- get it. You, you didn't participate in Tour de uh, Tour de France then. You, I was waiting for I that. I mean, in my own mental <laughs> state, yes. She's <laughs> gonna tell me something crazy. Yeah, no. I mean, honestly, like I feel like that is so natural to you, though. Like you're just a very dynamic human being, and I feel like, you know, you—that's what makes you an expert. You know what I mean in this industry is that you have to know. Like you have to know life, you have to know life. And because you cannot understand consumers till you've lived until you've seen different aspects, different angles, different perspectives. I love that. Uh, I do not well, want to interrupt true. you, but I just, I was just had to crack my little, like, stupid yeah. joke. Oh, bad no, joke. I, love that.
1: <laughs> I think that's, it, that's actually such an amazing comment. And honestly, that's something I always bring up when I'm interviewing or when I'm talking to, to someone in the industry is, I think one of the things that I appreciate about my experience is I do have both sides. I have the consumer experience from working in the trenches as we call it, in the department store, putting makeup, doing facials on customers, working alongside my peers and also working in the corporate environment with buyers and merchants and C-suite executives and so on and so forth. So having the lens of both has really served me very well in my career because I can see exactly both sides and what's really needed to succeed. So as I'm freelancing with Laura, uh, oh my gosh, I, I was so thankful. It was such an amazing brand They approached me for an opportunity um, in New York City, and it was a position that they didn't have before. It was to oversee the promotional marketing and education aspect for Laura Mercier uh, in the corporate office, and they were growing their Sephora business, and it was strictly for that. And I'm like, I am not a director they're not going to, they can interview me, but I, I'm not sure that I'm qualified for this. I took a chance. They took a chance on me. Five months later, I was on my way to Manhattan. So mm-hmm. that was really my first big foray into the beauty corporate sector. And Can
0: I, say, made... I, can I interrupt you for one second yeah. though? Oh, Gina, no, I want to yes. say this on air because I think that, and this really is going to be a segue into something else for me. Um, But Right now, I feel like in the world, we don't see enough young professionals get that, you know, blind, like, just like the blind, um what do you call it, chance to just prove Mm -hmm. themselves. And I makes, it makes me sad to see that because now I feel like things are so automated. Like, you have to go to college, you have to have this degree, and then you can get many internships, and then you can apply for this job. Well, I mean, let's be honest, you know, when we were growing up, I mean, I have been i did the same things in my own you know career path where it's like you just kind of pitch somebody right and you just tell them like hey i need a chance just give me a shot you know and people would you know and they would like give you the benefit of the doubt and they would be like it's a young kid let me give her a shot and i don't see that enough and i just wanted to say that on air because if i know that a lot of people out there who are in charge you know and wonderful especially the women you know there's i've met so many amazing women like through this podcast like Mm -hmm. just we need to like make that happen more. I feel like, you know, cause I just, there's so yeah. many amazing young professionals these days. And I worry about these kids because where you know, how are their careers going to pan out? You know, ours were so different. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I,
1: I couldn't agree more. And I, I've mentored a lot of people, young girls, especially. And one of the things they always say, everybody always says this is how are you where you are? You are so young. And I think there's also that ageism dynamic, especially in the beauty and fashion world in, in a positive and negative way, you know, to what you're saying, there aren't a lot of young beauty professionals. Gosh, I think when I got this position at Laura, I was a director at 27 and that is very wow. unheard of. Yeah, um, that's again, they took, I am so grateful because they took a chance on me, but again, I'm, I don't want to discount The hard work that goes into it, because no, there are not a lot of young professionals, but I also feel in this day and age that there are people who think that just because they have this experience or just because they worked at this brand that they're owed that nobody's owed anything. Yeah, we have to work so hard, especially as women, to prove who we are, what we can do, and why we deserve to be where we are and how we're standing on two feet right now.
0: So well, I think we should do that as human beings. I mean, you know, honestly, yeah. like that's where the real gender gap is: is that this under we don't have this understanding even in the in the corporate and professional worlds and industries. We don't have, an, why Why can't we just reach an understanding that we are like intelligent people. We all understand that these jobs can be done by both men and women, in which is the case. And that's happening most of the time is that women are doing all the jobs that men were doing in the fifties now, you know? And so now it's just about acknowledging we have to be fair to human beings, especially if it's a professional who has worked their butt off to get to where they are. Like, it's well, just a realization, true. you know?
1: No, it totally is. And I think, you know, the harder, but I also think there's that stigma of the harder you work, the more you're owed. And again, I'll say it, we're we're not owed anything. Nobody is owed anything. Men, women, trans, binary, we're not owed anything. We truly make our own career path. And when I'm talking to people and when I'm interviewing people, I always say that is you dictate where you want to go. You know they'll ask me a question of, you know, where do you think this position can be, or are there any opportunities for growth within this position? And I give them a one-word answer of, it is up to you. You control your own destiny of where you want to go. And if in a year you are killing the game and you are bringing in so many sales and you're opening accounts and you're drawing that exposure then yeah, you deserve to go for your review process and you deserve to say, I have done X, Y, and Z. Here is why I deserve all of this. And I oh, also don't feel, you know, I feel that we're, we're still in a day and age where people are afraid to speak up. Um, there's been many points in my career where I have gotten my hand slapped. I have had not choice words said to me for speaking up. And I truly believe that I want people to know that your voice can really change your path of career and your Mm -hmm. voice can really change your direction of who you want to be, what you want to be doing. Don't ever be afraid to speak up because the only person that's standing between you and that next goal is yourself.
0: I 100% like genuinely echo everything you just said. And that is such a real, it's, it's truly just very, very real and honest and just the best advice. I think, um, I I mean, I would give that advice to myself as a younger self, you know, because it's, it's really like, it comes down to the fact that, you know, you have to be able to take criticism as well. You know, mm-hmm. and you've got to be able to take criticism, but you have to also recognize that there's a thin line between critique and just someone trying to oppress your thoughts and your opinions and not let you speak up. And you so you have to speak up. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people wind up, you know what I mean? Like the, you wind up in jobs where the boss is an asshole. Right. And like mm-hmm. everyone feels like you can't be yourself. You can't say anything. You're going to get fired, all that. But that's those are the moments. And those are the kind of, you know, I think. Like you said, you know, when you speak up in an environment that might not be ideal or really comfortable or in any situation, you prove to yourself your own worth. And so I 100% yeah. agree with you. Yeah.
1: You absolutely do. I, you know, I have a, an old friend of mine who I'm still very close with, and I hope he listens to this um, because we have this one word we always used to say to each other at Laura, and it was trailblazers. Um, you know, there were a lot of times especially as I got older throughout my career where, you know, I had managers or founders or or C-suites that, you know, didn't recognize worth. And, you know, I'm not saying to go in all the time guns ablaze and I'm not saying to burn the house down because that's not something you want to do. This is, I think to take it with a grain of salt, always be professional when you're doing these things, but it's really to know your worth. And it's to stand up for yourself and your accomplishments and what you believe is fair, because if you don't do that, no one else is going to. And I learned a hard lesson many years ago for this. And you have to choose a lane of, is this serving my purpose or am I going to stay doing what I am doing, unhappy day in and day out? Because at the end of the day, we get one life, but we can have multiple jobs. We can have multiple careers, but we only get one life. So if we're standing in our own way and we're not speaking up for our own worth, who is going to do it? No one.
0: Right. No Absolutely. One. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And it's, you know, someone's always got to be the first right it's like being in a classroom someone's always gonna have to go first just raise your hand you know it's it's really, really I was always that yeah. kid that was like real impulsive and I just I know and you know for for me I also want to say this and I by no means I'm giving parenting advice just disclaimer out there for everybody <laughs> I don't have children and I know nothing about parenting so please Don't take this the wrong way, but I really believe, based on what my father taught me and my mother taught me, it comes from home as well, because... I'm not joking as the child of, you know, immigrants who came from India, science or minded people, you know, my parents are technical people, right? And they Mm -hmm. raised me in a way where I was never inhibited. And I remember like, um, you know, random story, but I remember like going through a McDonald's drive-thru once and like the guy at the um, window, like he was like speaking to my dad in a really weird way because my dad has an accent, right? So like Mm -hmm. um, talking to him and pretending like he didn't understand him. And I remember yeah. being a kid and I opened the back of his van, like when we got to the window and I was like, speaking to him in an American accent, I was like, do you understand now? Like, do yeah. you get it now? And it's right. like, you know, that's a small, just little tidbit, but like, we have to teach our children. I'm not saying go pick a fight, but I'm saying just if you see any kind of like injustice or anything that makes you just go, wait a freaking minute, this is not right. You just say something, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's like this fear driven mentality that runs the world these days and it, it needs to go. Like it just needs to go. So exactly. I agree with you.
1: No. Yeah. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more for sure. You know, so throughout Laura Mercier, um, I got a really amazing opportunities. Again, I was brought on, to oversee promotional marketing and education strictly for the Sephora account. And there was a lot of changes that were happening. And again, this was pre Shiseido owning them. Um, So this was back in the day. And just continuing to prove myself. So with that, you know, I was hungry, changes happened, then I took on additional department store accounts. And then I worked to open Sephora Mexico and Sephora Brazil. And at that point, it's again, knowing your worth and knowing when the time is to move on. Um, So I moved on to Hourglass. And I was so fortunate uh, to work with Hourglass. And really, it's, it's earlier stages, again, prior to the acquisition, and just growing and building that team and overseeing the field and overseeing stores and building Canada and building Mexico. And then from there, um, I got approached to work with Erno Laszlo. So a brand that I, many people I'm sure out there will, the first thing they always say is, oh, my mom or my grandma, they used to love that brand. So to me, I saw it more as a challenge. I wanted to take on this brand from a sales perspective and really bring it back to life with our CMO. And I credit her um, for being such a visionary. And she was such a great mentor and really, from a woman's perspective, really showed me and showed the other women of our company that, again, speak up and stand for your voice and stand for who you are and to see Uh, of men and in a sea of executives that may not understand the vision. And if you fail, that's okay, but you won't know unless you take that risk. So this was a brand with an amazing heritage of 90 plus years. And really the challenge was how do you resurrect that and how do you make that relevant today? So, you know, within the three and a half years that I was with them, we were able to really grow our department store presence in, in an era of, People nay saying department stores and saying brick and mortar is dead and saying, oh, brick and mortar is not it. It's e-comm, it's e-comm. If it's one thing I additionally always say, it's brick and mortar is not dead. The customer experience is not dead. They are still going in-store and in-store is still a discovery aspect. You know, we, I, to me in an ideal world, the split for discovery and sales and education for beauty is split 50-50 online and in store. I know a lot of people may disagree and we can all agree to disagree, but from my perspective, people still want to talk to people. They still want that experience. They may not necessarily want to be touched due to COVID with a makeover or facial, and that's okay. But you don't get that personal experience behind the screen of a computer or on your phone as you do talking to someone in store so to me a brand has to really be fluid in both your in-store presence and both online and i think that really goes for fashion as well or any type of entity where there's a discovery and education aspect you know so through erno laszlo i learned so much i was afforded the opportunity to be the on air speaker for QVC in three countries, which is something I never thought in my career that I would do. I never wanted to do that. I like to be behind the scenes, uh, but it was just a really great experience. You know, traveling internationally and opening global destinations for a brand that we were able to resurrect was so great. And then, like everyone else, uh, 2020 hit and COVID hit and brands restructured, and I think it really, as crazy as it was, I think it forced the world to take a step back, especially, you know, yourself, myself, all of us who are big go-getters, and we're going all the time, and we're traveling, and we're nonstop, and we're on our phones, and checking emails at two in the morning. It really forced us to come to a military halt, and we couldn't for for me my position was eliminated you know no shame in that game um and the company restructured and for the first time in my life i was like oh my gosh this is just not how i envisioned but this was needed and i took it as a sign from the universe as it's not bad it is okay and better things are to come um you know i don't feel that you can take things like this you can either sink or swim again it goes back to Standing your ground, how you're going to treat yourself, your wellness, which I know you and I have talked about at length, uh, meditation, and if you don't have a solid mental foundation, you're either in your fight or flight mode and you are not going to fly. And I think a lot of people during COVID did not want to fly because they were scared they weren't go getting. So, you know, the the day was on Friday. I remember it. I got the call. I'm like, okay, all right, well, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself because again, if I'm not getting out there, no one's going to do it for me. So I'm on the phone with recruiters. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm updating everything just going because that is just my nature. And I think you know, to take a step back and to feel sorry for myself would have just been not human nature and not who I was. But I do know yeah. a lot of people where that happened. And I think everyone reacts differently. We're still in the age of COVID and things shutting down and new variants and so on and so forth. But it's really up to you on how you chart your course. So I, you know, I want
0: to would yeah, I want ahead. to bring up oh, a couple of top points here because the thing is, you know, COVID has been very unique in the sense that people are now, you know, obviously we have this whole crisis going on where everyone's like mass quitting, right, or resigning from their positions and their work, and yeah. um, you know, that's I genuinely here's my thing. I talk to entrepreneurs almost every day, and most of these women are highly educated, intelligent women that and and men mind you anybody I talk to like your everyone is and so they want to go and they want to make something in this world they want to create something and I think as a community not just the beauty community but especially the beauty community everybody needs to the consumers the executives the editors we all need to say and be in unison to say it's okay if you start your own line we're going to support you. Like, totally. we have to create this comfort level between us as people to realize that I'm going to be supported. There are people out there that realize how hard this is for me to go solo and they got my back, and they're going to buy my products, and they're going to find a way to help me in some way. Even if it's not monetary, they're going to either promote me on social media, or they're going to do something, spread the word. We need to create that community feeling more so than ever, because COVID has left us with a lot of stuff to deal with. And you know what I mean? It's like everything that you just talked about, and those Those things are, you know, also very psychological at the end of the day. And it's more important, I feel like now more than ever, especially for women and going back to that women's networking piece where it's like, you know, we have to feel not just say it, but we have to in our hearts feel like we have each other's back and it's going to be okay. You know, absolutely.
1: You know, there's been a lot of times in my career where, you know, when I I was going to a brand and I had my own boss say to me, "Okay, good luck with that brand. You're going to fail. And if you let that psychologically get to you and you don't, you can sit and you can cry and you can be like, gosh, that sucks. And that was so mean. I would never say something like that to people. But the truth is there are going to be people like that in your life. And there are going to be people in your life who do not want to see you succeed, who get jealous, who take it personally personally who have envy, but it's all about building that mental mindset of getting yourself out of the depths of despair and saying, I'm going to make something of myself. I'm not going to let them get to me. I'm not going to let what's going on in the world get to me. I'm going to start a brand. I'm going to start this. I'm going to invest. I'm going to buy a house, start a family X, Y, Z, because I can, again, I'm going to go back to what I said. If you don't do it, no one else will.
0: Also, those that envy you, they're envying you from a place of hurt, you know, Mm -hmm. in a way. No negative. Listen, like, I really don't think people understand or if they do, they just ignore their understanding of it. But every time you hear or feel someone's jealous of you or pulling you back or doing something vindictive there is a place that's coming from and that place is dark for them and it's negativity and it's something in them that they're hurting about in a way i'm not saying feel sorry for each other but what you can do in that situation is bring that person into your like aura like in your circle right like your immediate circle and be like well what do you you know what are you thinking about probe them a little bit make mm-hmm. them think about what they want to do and watch if you do that that person who was your enemy is going to end up being your friend. You know why? Because you actually, you gave them the time of day to even ask them, what do you want to do with your life? What are you, or, or whatever it is that you think they're dealing with, right? It's just a matter of being, once again, being human. And I feel like the beauty industry is one of the most, I, I hold it to that standard, the beauty industry, because, you know, I've said it before and I really mean it, that it's one of the safest spaces for humanity to humanity to express itself and to just be mm. and and be accepted whether you're trans whether you're you know uh, male female by bi- whatever all the all the terms it doesn't matter you know and it's, right. it's a place of expression and so i i think that that energy like it needs to just be propagated and it needs to be spread and if you see someone struggling and if you see your neighbor she just lost her job or something but you know she can make cakes like bake cakes really well go tell her to like do something, you know what I mean? Monetize on that, like encourage each other, you know? I think what's
1: also been lost, uh, not even from COVID, but I think throughout the years is just really the simple remedy of kindness. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, especially in beauty and fashion, especially here in New York City, um, it's so cutthroat and it can be really cutthroat and there's a place for everybody. And Mm -hmm. if we don't learn from each other and if there are c-suites or if there are founders or anyone that's always higher up because there's going to be someone that's always above us until unless we start our own company our own brand or we become ceo one day um if we don't have that mentorship and guidance and if we don't have that kindness what do we have so yeah. it's all about just being kind to people and I, I'm sure myself, like everyone, we've all been in positions or have had experiences where we have not been kind to, and we may not have been the kindest. So I think it's just working at that every day and realizing, you know, your energy and realizing we have one life. Again, we have one life. We have multiple careers that we can go through, but you only get one life and you are in control of where you navigate that you're in control of how you wake up every morning what your thoughts are how you treat people and that's you know one of the reasons that i'm so glad of where i'm at now with aloe is because that's truly who we embody that's what the brand messaging is you know so from erno lasso i went to corez and then i was with dr sturm for a little bit and then was recruited to aloe and it truthfully was not something that I really knew I I didn't know the brand, but as Mm. I got to know it and as I got to speak with the people um, that worked there, there there's so many women executives, it's so amazing. Uh, The company is, is truly fantastic and they recruited me to oversee and really to lead the charge on the new beauty and wellness line that they had created. so I started last March. Um, they had created it and launched it uh, Black, Black Friday in 2020, which is amazing. So again, to be able to launch something during the height of the pandemic was so incredible, but taking yeah. on something that really was challenging, you know, Aloe is very known for its apparel. They're one of the leaders in the industry, but People are not really aware that there is a beauty brand, so to be able to take that and do what we've done over the last 11 months has really been fantastic, and again, I credit. That true entrepreneurship and not giving up and not feeling sorry for myself. And if there is a day that's hard to lean on people and you're not in it alone, to be kind, to have that energy. You know, I was really inspired um, by one of the events that we put on over the summer to become Reiki certified. And it was something I never thought that I would do in my entire life. You know, I'd practice yoga, practice meditation, mindfulness and wellness, but I just really had that higher calling um, from an energy aspect. So to become... Reiki certified and utilize, you know, that mind body connection within the business sense, I think has been truly phenomenal, because I can really tap into what's going on on a higher plane. So it's really been such an amazing journey. And I'm happy to be on here sharing it with the world and talking with you and being able to, you know, be friends virtually. I think it's been it's been so great.
0: Well, it's like you know, it's like pen pals. Do you ever have a pen pal growing up? You? Oh yeah, like, yeah, oh, oh, really? right. Like mine was in like Finland, dude. Like she was like the coolest chick I'd ever known. Like <laughs> send me the best. Yeah. It's like pen pals. That's what I feel like these days. Like you know, and I, I, I really, I tell people, everyone I invite on, I'm like, you know, I'm so glad to meet you. Yeah, okay. I don't see you in person, but you know, you don't need to see someone in person to to appreciate their personality you know what I mean and who they are and what what they're doing and yeah I'm so I'm just so glad that we did this and also I just want to say about Aloe like just looking at them as a brand um you know this uh, opinion as a consumer especially someone who you know yoga is in my culture like I grew up doing yoga I was like literally I think two years old my mom's (laughs) you know started and I is one of the few brands I've seen that doesn't make me feel like my culture is being appropriated because it stays it stays true to the the vision of yoga you know what i mean which is good like like comfortable clothing that's efficient like you know just i i just love it i love the aesthetic of it it's not one of those like you know what i mean like the crazy brands where they're like promoting like yoga and they have like ohm signs everywhere and you know what right. I'm saying? like that kind of stuff like so i really appreciate that and i yeah so i'm really glad that you're with a brand that is as genuine as you are i love that Oh,
1: thank you so much. No, it's been so great and I'm so blessed. And I really am fortunate to have all of these lessons, both good, bad, and indifferent, because I think it's it's truly shaped who I am and I am able and fortunate enough to pass it on to the younger generation because one day, you know, we're not going to be here. So they are the leaders of the new world. So if we don't set them up and we don't mentor them and you know see them as they're trying to take our jobs and we don't want that. No, it's okay. Again, there's, there's enough room for everybody.
0: I love it. And, you know, I just want to announce this because you are here, but I was waiting for our interview to announce that I will be launching a series of these kinds of discussions with um, amazing and powerful women such as yourself, Gina. Um, It's going to be called The Brilliance of Beauty. And we were playing around with the concept a little bit in Skincare Anarchy for a while, like what we wanted to do with that series. But The Brilliance of Beauty in my way is the best way I can name it. This kind of series of just just Mm -hmm. talking, you know, just talking with women who've been through it, who've had amazing careers, journeys, and that can give Mm -hmm. advice, you know? That's the most important part that want to pass on those jewels and those those that knowledge to amazing young women now that are just as ambitious as we were when we were 18, 19 years old, you know? So I'm just so honored that you were, you know, you we're just you know, first guests for the series and that you oh, come on this cool super on. anarchy. This is amazing. So, thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for all your amazing advice and your and all the wisdom that's that you've amazing. shared. I I hope everyone listening that you really enjoyed this episode. And, you know, I've, I said in the beginning, I'll say it again, Gina is genuinely just, she's a well of just pure knowledge when it comes to this industry. And I, if you have any questions, if you're a young professional, you need career advice, please uh, leave some comments in the, co- in the art for this episode. And I will definitely pass them along to Gina if she has the time yeah, to answer. them. So absolutely. yeah, thank, thank you so, so much. much. And uh, I just want to remind everybody, please, please uh, subscribe to us on Spotify and iTunes, Apple podcast, iTunes, and please uh, now Spotify is letting you do ratings. Um, So pl- we would love it if you would go on there and rate us five stars and leave us a review and also do that on Apple podcast because it helps us so much. And we are really all about organic growth here at Skincare Anarchy. So thank yeah, If you can do that, I would really appreciate it. But thank you so much, Gina. And I will be back next thank time. You everybody. So much. All
1: right. Thank stay you. safe and stay well.
0: You as well.